0: Buddy, Eric Tillman here and welcome back to the Pro Series Podcast. This is episode 34 with Emily Lopez. Emily is a jack of all traits. She's a realtor. She's the owner and broker of High Country Realty. She's a YouTube star, podcaster, and owner of the Lopez Construction. She tells me all about how she started out and all of those. Also gives advice on anybody aspiring to do any of those. But before we start episode 34, please make sure you make your way over to wherever you listen to podcasts, like, subscribe, and follow the Pro Series podcast. Also check out Emily's podcast, My House. But now I hope you enjoy episode 34 with Emily Lopez. Awesome. Thank you, Emily, so much for joining me today on the Pro Series podcast. I know you're extremely busy with the million different things that you're a part of. So thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me. You have a really nicely put together podcast. Once I started listening to it, I, I was like, these are good resources and I have more I have a project to go work on tonight. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen to that one while I'm working on a bathroom tonight. So you've put a really nice thing together. So I'm Thank excited you. to be here.
0: Thank you. That's. I mean, it kind of came out of nowhere when I started it, but I, I've been hearing a lot of people say that and I, I just love hearing that because you, you put it out, but you never really know who's actually listening. <laughs>
1: And it takes so much work that you want to make sure that people are getting value out of it. And it's worth putting the time in that you're putting in because it really is a lot of time.
0: Exactly. Well, w- now that we're talking about podcasts, let's talk about first, we'll get into like all 900 things that you do. But the first thing, let's talk about your podcast, My House podcast. Is that what it's yeah. called? Where is, yeah. so what is, what do you do on that podcast?
1: So really just anything related to real estate. Um, I talk a lot about the market and experiences as a real estate agent, but there's so many people that are interested in real estate now that aren't realtors, right? There's everyone is getting into real estate investing as far as rental property, as far as flipping, as far as maybe they're just a silent investor for somebody else that is you know, investing in projects. Um, So, and just for yourself, there's so much real estate knowledge you should have um, for when you're buying and selling and, and you want trusted knowledge, right? So I think that when we started the podcast, I started as a YouTube channel, and then we started doing the podcast. And I wanted to talk about real estate related things that maybe your realtor wouldn't tell you. I think that sometimes realtors have a reputation of being unscrupulous, like the used car salesman realtor comparison, right? And there's a lot of great used car salesmen and there's a lot of great realtors, but there's a lot of not great ones too. And I would have come, people come to me and tell me their experiences. And I'm like, that's not right. That's not how it works. That's not true. And so I wanted to just put information out there that people couldn't find in other places. And then it just evolved into anything thing of, Hey, maybe you're a realtor and you want to do your job better. Maybe you're a member of the public and you want to understand if what my realtor is doing is right. Or, you know, if this is on the up and up, um, or maybe you just want to get into real estate investing and you don't know where to start. So really it just kind of all ties together. So it's loosely based on real estate, but all those different pieces.
0: Okay. Very cool. And you mentioned before that, uh, a lot of people are into real estate now. What, what is, in your opinion, why is that? Is it because of HGTV or is it just kind of the why the market is the way it is right now with COVID or how is it?
1: So I think that real estate is a phenomenal investment. And so many people, you see a lot of the growth of the financial independence movement or people trying to pay off their debt or you know still have their jobs, but not be dependent on their jobs or just really get their financial houses in order. And real estate is really hard to get into right now because our markets changed so much in the last couple of years But historically, it's an amazing investment. I think we all know somebody in our town that we live in that has, I mean, a ton of rental properties, but there's also people that just have a couple, you know, they bought a house and instead of selling their old house, they kept it as a rental and they have a little bit of cash flow. I think it's always been a really good investment. I definitely think HGTV has modified things because sometimes people have now an unrealistic expectation of timeline. You probably see this as a designer of timelines of projects of or, you know, things like, okay, if you're laying large format tile, really large format tile, you have to have everything perfect before you put it down, because right. it has to be perfectly level. There's no margin for error. But people will say, oh, that should only take you a day because those tiles are big. It's like, no, this is a harder job because they're bit like things that people don't know. Yeah. And so HGTV think is a really cool thing, and I love to watch it. But I also think that people have unrealistic expectation about cost of projects, about timeline of projects. Everyone thinks they can be a flipper and make a million dollars, and it, it's getting people into a little bit of trouble. I think.
0: Oh, exactly. And it, I think that's with kind of any profession. I've talked about this before. It kind of just glamorizes the job um, and kind of makes it, it. It's only showing you the good stuff. It's not going to show you the bad stuff because why? And why would they put the bad stuff on TV? Because you're not going to want to watch a whole hour long episode of just straight bad going on in the design or the real estate market. Um, It just doesn't make it And like there are shows on Netflix now and Amazon prime of real estate um, and they show the glamorized life that the real estate agents live and um, just kind of make that professional bit, you know, glamorized. And I mean, I think, a lot of people are seeing that. And I think a lot of people will also see that that that's not the case because um, they see it in their own profession because there's really a show about everything nowadays. Um, yes. One thing I did want to ask you, there's a, two terms that you said that I think a lot of people get confused about is real estate agent and real estate broker. What's the difference between the two?
1: So a real estate agent has taken a certain amount of classes and that's when you're brand new. You have to work under a broker so you can't just start as a real estate agent or salesperson and just go start your own business. You are an independent contractor in most cases. Some people, some brokerages will hire agents as employees, but most of the time you're an independent contractor under a real estate broker. The broker actually signs your license application to the state, attests to your honesty and that they're gonna supervise your conduct and train you. So the broker's job is to, if you're brand new, train you and make sure you know what you're doing and you're doing it appropriately and supervise you and your files uh, and your paperwork. If you're an experienced agent and you're just, you know, maybe you change brokerages um, or you go to a different town and you start under a new brokerage, they're still signing, they're going to supervise you and they're responsible. So if you as an agent get sued, and your broker knew what you were doing. They're probably going to get sued too. They have the liability. To become a broker, you have to have. In my state, it's two more years. Uh, you have to have a full two years, I think, of experience as a real estate agent. You have to um, take some additional education and classes and pass a separate test to become a real estate broker. Now, there's two types of brokers. There's a responsible broker. Which means you run the brokerage, you're the one that supervises and is responsible for everybody. And then there's associate brokers who have met almost the same educational requirement, but they don't want to run the show and supervise other people and have that liability.
0: Gotcha. Which one are you in your brokerage?
1: I'm a responsible broker. So I own the company. And so I'm the responsible broker for my company. Some people own a brokerage and they pay somebody else to be their responsible broker. You have to have one. You can't just not have a responsible broker. So some people are owners, but they don't, they're not responsible brokers for their own brokerage. Um, But most smaller brokerages, the owner is the responsible broker.
0: Gotcha. So, You, how did you start your brokerage? Like, is it, was that always the goal when you went into real estate to start your own brokerage?
1: Um, I don't know. So I think I've always been into real estate. So I'm going to go back a little bit further. When I was in high school, I started working for my AP calculus teacher and his wife. They had trailer parks and, um, apartments and condos and single family homes and a ton of rental property so I worked for them for through high school and college and I just thought I'm making 10 bucks an hour like and I'm a high school kid you know I didn't think that this was going to become my whole life so I was able to learn all these skills and I just got really lucky and then I thought well I'm going to go to college like everyone when I was that age it was you have to go to college you have to go to college. No one was talking about trade school or starting a business. Everyone just said, doesn't matter what you go to school for, but you have to get a degree as long as you get a degree. Yeah. So I went yeah. and got a master's degree in history, which I don't use at all. Um, <laughs> And then I went into the job market and worked for a while and was very unhappy and was at the same time buying rental property, still working for them a little bit on the side and wanting to get into this world. But as a real estate agent, you don't make money unless you sell anything. It's there's no pay. There's no salary. There's no retirement. It's completely commission based. And so um, we budgeted for it and we planned for it for me to leave my job. And I went and worked for another lady who owned the company that I now own and she sold it to me after I had been there for a couple of years. She um, had had it. She had built a really good reputation for the business. I was very lucky to start under her because I realized that some people went into real estate thinking their broker would train them and some don't. So there were people that got their licenses and just kind of like, go figure it out. No one was training them. No one was coaching them or educating them. So I got really lucky that I started where I did. And um, a couple of years in, she actually, it wasn't very far in. She, she brought up selling it to me and retiring um, or stepping back at least a little bit. And I said, well, I haven't been here long enough. I have to have my license. So she waited it out. We had a plan of what it was going to be. And when I hit my two years where I could get my broker's license, I had everything set up and we activated it the day we could. And then we bought, we transferred everything over.
0: Crazy. It's so funny hearing these stories of how people get into real estate because it's, they all have like a very similar situation that they have a corporate job or they follow whatever society is telling them to do. And they get into this job market and they figure out they hate their life because of this job. And they move into real estate and end up being so successful at it because their whole life, they're, they're like entrepreneur brain driven and you can't use that brain in those corporate jobs and those other job avenues that you know society's trying to tell us to go through and check those boxes so it's kind of cool to hear how every single story is different but they all have that very very small similarity to them
1: and I had no upward mo- so I was actually a juvenile probation agent, and I worked for the oh, county. Oh. Um, I think I had that job because I spoke Spanish. Um, so my my okay. education was uh, Mexican American civil rights history, and so I, and I lived in Mexico for a while, so I was able to learn Spanish. And so I I mean I have a history degree. I think they just wanted someone that was bilingual. Um, and but goes back to they just to get a degree in something. They didn't yep. even care. They just wanted someone with a four year degree. But there was very little upward mobility, and I was doing. All all this stuff on the side, because I knew this wouldn't be my forever thing, but I didn't know what would. And so I was flipping stuff on eBay. I was working, I mean, everything on the side that I could do. So when I knew I had the savings built up, it was like, we don't know what's next, but it's not this.
0: Exactly. So when did you start becoming, start your YouTube account and um, start making the DIY videos?
1: So the YouTube account started a couple years ago, mostly just real estate based. So talking about things that people might not know in real estate or common real estate questions. And I didn't, I wasn't very consistent with it and I would post when I could. And then I realized there's so many projects. So me and my husband just bought a house in January. We moved out of our last home and I'm really into construction and all of this. And he is not. So when we first got together, we bought our first rental property like a week after we got married. And he said, I don't want anything to do with this. I hate this stuff, but I'll support you. Like, I'm fine with you taking the risk and I'll be supportive of these decisions, but I don't want to renovate stuff. I don't want to work on these projects. Not my thing. So we yeah. moved into this new house and it had old sprayer heads, like not the, the ones you can pull down, like to spray your dog off when you need to oh, your okay, yeah. like, just the fixed ones. And he went, how hard is that to change? Do we have to like replumb to change that out? And I looked at him and I said, what? And he's like, well, it would just be nice to be able to spray off our dog because we hike her a lot and she's always dirty and muddy. And it's really hard to bathe her if we don't have a sprayer. And I said, you literally just twist it off and twist it on it. And I thought I should be making videos of this things that seem too simple, but people are too afraid to ask. So I always would teach people to do more complicated things. And then I thought, oh my gosh, people don't have a resource for stuff like this. And they almost feel silly to ask. So I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm gonna make a video of this one thing. So I made a video and I had so many people come up to me in town that were like, like one of my friends said, I've been wanting my husband to change our shower head out for years and he's really busy with work. And I just did it myself. And I didn't know it was that easy. I just thought it was a bigger thing, you know, and I did it myself. And now I love my new shower head and I'm changing them all. And it was funny, the simplest thing that I almost thought it was too silly to make that video. The simpler ones have been more helpful to people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's actually really funny because I mean, we've all fallen into that YouTube um, video route that we have to figure out like how to do something in our home. Like once you buy a house, you're like completely clueless for most part so we've all looked up YouTube videos to figure that stuff out, but you go ahead and making them. That's pretty cool.
1: Well, and I'm doing it anyway. So when I started doing videos, my husband would, so he does all of our media for our brokerage. He does photography and videography and he edits my podcast and knows all that stuff that I don't know. And it was really hard because I would do all these things, but he would be busy with a project and I would be working on something. So there was all this content I didn't make because, our schedules just didn't line up. Um, and it's so much harder to plan and set up a tripod and get someone else over there. And he's really big about quality. If you're going to put it out, it has to be perfect. And I kind of just went, nah, I'm just going to start trying to do my own. So I started with iMovie just doing little clips and putting them together and then putting them online. But I have at least probably 10 to 15 things that I wouldn't have posted because our schedules never would have worked. So I think we all worry about it has to be perfect. It has to be perfect before I start and get it out there. You just have to start.
0: Oh yeah. Everybody starts at zero and you can't judge someone for starting on something, Um, especially a passion project like that, you know, If most of those people that are judging you off of those things are the ones that aren't doing it or wish they could be doing it. So, I mean, just go for it and press send and submit.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm not here to tell someone how to edit a video so that if I can teach you a project that you wouldn't have known how to do, or you would have had to pay a plumber 90 bucks for 15 minutes for their hour minimum, then great. I don't care if it's on my iPhone, you know, you can definitely tell when my husband's made the video and when I have, but if the resource is out there, that's what I want to do.
0: Yeah. And segueing to your construction company. Have you always wanted to do the household work like that or like did you grow up with a parent or someone in your family that were teaching you this stuff or is it just as soon as you bought a house that you wanted to start doing all this stuff?
1: Well, when I was growing up, my dad always fixed everything. So we had, there was never a repairman at our house ever. He never paid anyone to fix or do anything because he was so particular. He wanted it a certain way. And also we didn't have a lot of extra money growing up. So he probably had to. So I always kind of saw that, but I think it's hard to work with your parents. I think it's hard hard to learn from your parents. So I really started to learn a lot of that stuff when I worked for my calculus teacher and his wife on properties because they would buy uh, rentals and renovate them. They would, I would, I was a repair person for like seven years for them. Um, They would build houses because they just enjoyed building. So they would buy something and build it, buy something to renovate it because they just really enjoyed, it. Kind of like me, they just really enjoyed it. So I got to learn on the job from them to do a lot of things. And then I had a baseline of knowledge for myself. What happened when I got my real estate license and right before that was I had so many friends who wanted help with things, but I was worried about the liability because I wasn't licensed and insured. If I nicked a pipe or something happened, I wanna make sure I have that coverage to protect their home. And so when I got my real estate license I was working under the lady I bought the company from. She was the broker. I was an agent and she was helping clients find professionals to do projects like, Hey, maybe you're going to list your house. So it needs repainted, or you're going to list your house. So you need these repairs made. And there were so few contractors in town that were reliable and showed up when they were, you know, said they would, or did a good job. And there was just a real need for it. And they would charge these prices. And I'm like, I could do it for this much, this, fast and this guy hasn't showed up in four weeks you know and so I went ahead and it's really easy in Wyoming there's not a lot of regulation so I got the insurance I paid the fee for my license and had that protection I don't like doing a lot of projects for other people but it's nice when they need someone to step in that I can and I have everything set up to be able to do that
0: yeah so what's the biggest thing you've ever done with construction wise
1: Well, so like for our houses, I've done a lot. For other people, I've done like a lot of bathrooms. Um, There are a lot of problems in our area with a a certain builder that had a lot of really nice custom homes. And this was really expensive at the time, like a $500,000 home. I know that doesn't buy you a lot now, but here in our area a couple of years ago, you would really get a lot for that. And so people were buying these really nice custom homes and their shower pans weren't being waterproofed, right? And so they were failing from day one. And so I was doing a lot of rebuilding builds and repair work, um, of shower pans and bathrooms and tile that was not waterproof properly. So I've done a lot of bathrooms for other people and just random things. Um, but we've done complete houses for, we buy rentals or houses for rental purposes and renovate the whole home. Um, but I like buying my own stuff cause I can work during the day and then I can go work on those at night. It's hard when people live in a house to schedule it with my schedule.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. What, I'm kind of the same way that you have multiple different things you're going on, your podcast, your YouTube account, your real estate brokerage, all that stuff. When people ask you, like, I think off um, air, we talked about you don't have a personal life (laughs) because of how much you do. What is your answer when they say, like, how do you do it? Or why do you do it with that many things?
1: I think some people are just that way. I've yeah. asked my, I, I'm about to turn 32. I've asked myself this for a while. Um, I've had to balance it with people around me that people aren't like you, you know, and, and you go, what, what do you do? Like, I'm like the parent that's like work harder. you know? yeah. um, I think first of all, people are just different. And I think it's okay for people to have different goals in life. Some people want a family and a really good work-life balance, and they're, they want different things. For me, um, I've always been very primarily driven by uh, financial uh, independence. I never wanted to be in a position where I couldn't take care of myself or my family. Um, So I think that's always been the start of it. I wanted security, but also my husband says I'm like a hummingbird. Like if I stop, I'll just die. Like just, just always, if I sit on the couch on a Saturday, I just fall asleep. Like if I sit down, I think my body just like (laughs) shuts down. Um, So I don't know. I like doing a lot of stuff and I like to keep busy. And I also think that when people ask me that, I look at my schedule and honestly, I could do more. If I time blocked better and made a better use of my time, I think I probably could find about three more hours in my day that I could put something productive in there. Um, so I when people say they don't have time, um, I think it's different if you have kids and they have sports and activities, but I know there's more time that I could find in my day. So when people are like, I don't have time, I'm like, yes, you do. You just don't want to.
0: Yes, exactly. I hate when people say I'm, I'm busy or I can't do that. I can't find time in my schedule. I'm the same way. I, I have multiple different things I'm working on at a time, just because I just, I just have to, I, I can't even explain it to people. Um, but I'm, it's exactly the same way. That's why I asked the question because. I'm doing a million things, but a lot of people ask that question and I don't really know how to answer it because it's just the way my brain works and the way I want to go about life.
1: I think it's a personality thing and I think it's important for me. And I've tried as I've gotten older to realize to not try to make everybody like me, especially being in a marriage, or if you did have children, Um, it's okay. If somebody on Saturday would like to take the day off. It's okay. If on Sunday, someone wants to watch a football game, like people are different and people have different goals. So as I get older, I try not to force my way of living on my husband. Um, Because most people are not, like me and like, like you saying to keep busy. And I think that for a long time I thought something was wrong with me. Um, just why am I this way? And almost like a guilt about it when, when my family like, what are you doing? Why are you working so much? Why are you doing this? And I read this book. Um, And I think, I can't remember which one it was. It was by the guy that coached Michael Jordan. And I don't remember if it was winning or the other one that he wrote. And he said, there's just people that just operate this way and they get frustrated when other people don't. And it made me just like take a sigh of relief and be like, you know what? I'm not the only one. There's other people like this because I don't know other people like this. I live in a pretty small town and um, I don't like, I have never found a business partner or somebody that I'm like, let's really combine our, our, our drives and do something big. Um, So to hear that book and hear him talk about people that just operated that way, it made me feel a little bit better that people are just different. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, if everybody was made the same, this world would be so boring.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Absolutely.
0: If someone is wanting to be like that and wanna have multiple different things, but they're scared to put themselves out there on social media or, you know, YouTube, podcast, what is your advice to them um, to get started?
1: I mean, I think the biggest thing with anything in life, right, because it doesn't have to be with multiple things like we're talking about with design and construction and real estate, it could be you're a makeup artist and you're afraid to put your videos out there. Is this an edited podcast, or is there cursing in this podcast, or no?
0: No, I I edited it afterwards, okay. but I could you could swear it's totally fine. The,
1: the biggest tool in your life you can have is not giving an f what anybody thinks, yeah. right? I mean, I. I just, we care so much and it impacts you so little. And I think it's funny because once I saw somebody's comments on, it was someone that had a ton of followers on Instagram and people were just giving them all this hate. And he's like, every time you comment, you're helping me in the algorithm. Like your comment, it doesn't matter if it's positive or negative, it's just another comment. It just helps me. Um, And I don't know how you do that. If you're somebody that cares, I don't know how you make yourself not care because I'm naturally somebody that cares a lot. My husband doesn't care what anybody thinks. He just does his own thing. And I wish I could be that way. I think, again, some people are just different, right? So it's kind of the way that you're built. But for me, it came down to, I know my motivation. So I'm not posting something to try to sell you some product that you don't actually want. I'm doing something I enjoy because I know it provides value to somebody else. And if someone doesn't like it or has something to say about it, I don't care. I know my heart is good. Right. So I always, every, every time I look at my motivation and if I know that it was good, then I'm good, but it's hard to get yourself to that place. It's really hard because yeah. some people even care more and it's hard to get through that.
0: Yeah. I think if you just get started um, and just start putting yourself out there, the motivation kind of blurs that judgment um, that you're trying to. And most of the time when you're, you when you start out, you're kind of trying to find your the judgment coming out. Um, and trying to find people to kind of break you down, to give you a reason not to do it. Um, So once you get past that, I feel like it's smooth sailing. And once you do that, that's when you get successful too, because you could see when someone really just doesn't care about what other people think about you on social media.
1: I also think that be honest about what you know and what you don't know. So sometimes I'll talk about stuff and I'll put out a, hey, help, if you're an expert in this area, I ran into this, this is how I'm doing it, but do you have any recommendations versus I know what I'm doing here, I'm doing this right and I don't really care. So if you're starting out, don't say you're the expert if you're not, right? People always say fake it till you make it. People know. Um, the other thing is I see people, people love to hate. There are some people that are negative and they're unhappy for their whole life. And they're just looking for somewhere to place it every single day that they exist. Exactly. And I see people on Instagram. That's just the one I tend to use the most. I see people on Instagram who are doing beautiful work. They are very good at what they're doing. They are expert craftsmen in their area. And someone gets on And they have a private page. So you can't even see their work. And they're like, I've been doing Thailand since Thailand was Thailand. And this is wrong. And whatever they say is completely wrong. But they're being hardcore negative on this person that's doing it right. So screw them. Who cares? They're not even right. This guy's an expert. You suck. And you're being a jerk.
0: Yeah, I I never understood that. Like, I even with social media, you just like People get that confidence behind the screen because they can't physically see you, that they'll say anything. And a lot of people are making fake accounts now. Like a lot of the hate I'll get.
1: Yeah, they did you know. the balls to do thing? it.
0: Yeah, they'll, they'll just make a random name with no username image, and they'll follow a bunch of people to make it look like an account. But they'll just, it's basically a hate account.
1: And that person is so unhappy with their life that it was worth taking the time to create that and use that instead of bettering their life. Like, why do we care what that person thinks? Right? No, exactly. I feel bad for that person.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just forget about that. There, there, there's no way of controlling that either. It's not, it's not Instagram's fault or Facebook's fault. They can't control those types of people that you could know, block them. That's the, that's the best thing you could do. Go let them
1: comment on your page and keep boosting your analytics. Who cares? That helps you go like and comment back and keep them going.
0: Yeah. Think of it that way. And then also the the worst thing that you could do is comment back. So like, don't do that. Don't give them the time of day because that's what they're they're doing it for. They want you to reply back to them. They want to get in a fight.
1: So I heard a story the other day, I was listening to a podcast, which has nothing related to this, but I always shout people out credit where it's due. Right. So it um, it's called chefs without restaurants. And it's this guy that does everything in the food service world podcast. It's pretty cool. And he was talking about, he had made bagels or something for the first time and posted it. And someone came on and made like a really negative comment. And he responded something like, Hey, thanks for your feedback. Um, I hope this was my first try. I hope everything you do is perfect the first time or something like that. And then it started a dialogue and he was talking about his whole episode was specifically about negative feedback and as him and an expert in different food areas, he said, sometimes if I see something and I truly care, cause the guy started to say, Oh, I was just trying to help you. Like he was being a jerk, you know, and he got called yeah, out yeah. on it. He's like, if I ever see something and I feel like I can help somebody, I private message them and say, Hey, I saw you did these for the first time. Great try. I've actually made these several times in my business. Here's some tips that helped me as I was learning how to make bagels or whatever it is, you know, how okay. to edit the video or, and so you're not. Embarrassing them publicly, and you're actually trying to help them. Um, in one of your podcast episodes, I listened to you talking to a guy that was a designer, and he said he had reached out to so many people when he started the boxes, like oh, the curated Mitch, boxes. Yeah, Mitch Allen. And, yeah, and no one was willing to help him. Like, If someone really wants to grow, they're happy to have the help if you present it in a good way. So if someone really cares or if you want to help, don't publicly embarrass somebody, message them and do it from a place of love and give them the resource because a lot of people want help, but they're afraid to ask.
0: Exactly. And that brings up a good point that also because you never know who you're talking to over social media. Like You probably told when you were little, that person that was bullied in school might be your boss one day. Um, yeah. and I feel like everything on social media, I treat them as like friends, they're like their connections, but they're connections to something. Like I connected with you and you came onto my podcast. Just kind of like you never know what that that person is doing or what their profession is, and they could help you out later on in life through a job or even just a personal issue.
1: Everything in life is relationships. I think anybody in business realizes it's building relationships with people you trust. Um, I talked to a guy the other day. He has a really successful business. Um, he has a food truck chain. And I asked him about how they hire people with all these labor shortages and all this stuff you know, craziness of finding people to work and want to be reliable. And I asked how they hire as their business is growing so fast. And he said, I don't try to find people in my industry. I find the right person and I train them. So they like found a guy that worked at a cement plant and hired him to help run one of their food trucks because the guy was honest. He worked hard and they liked him. So, I mean, how many times have we found somebody that we like at a place and been like, I want to hire them for this or, you know, whatever. It's just relationships and being the, the honest person and the kind, person and um you never know what it's going to lead to for you potentially
0: oh exactly that's this has been this conversation's been like a turn in topics that i didn't know we were going to go down but i'm so glad we went down
1: we're not talking about real estate hardly at all huh
0: yeah no but that stuff i when i made this podcast it started out as to help homeowners in my area make their homes better for resale And it has kind of just involved in interviewing people from all over the world and their expertise on not just design, but also starting a business. And all of this stuff goes along with starting your business and mental health, um, the side of business and the effects that could get um, happen. So I love talking about this type of stuff. Yeah. So I want to end the podcast and kind of, kind of go down your list of, 900 things that you're a part of and what how they could follow you um just on your brokerage your podcasts your youtubes um and then your personal account as well
1: okay So I have an Instagram channel or page, I guess that's probably where I'm the most active. And even when I post on YouTube, I try to make a shorter version for for Instagram, or at least, you know, let you know that there's a new post on YouTube. So my Instagram is at emily.a.lopez. That's where I'm going to be the most active we have the podcast that's called my house podcast. That's not as, um, regular. We kind of just do it when we have time because that's like the most back burner of the things that we do. Um, but that's where we talk about just anything real estate related. Sometimes I have an appraiser on there. Sometimes it's just me and my husband talking about the market or something that happened that week in our brokerage. Um, we'll, we'll have, um, home inspectors or lenders or just different people on there. So, um, that's just called the my house podcast and that's you can find that anywhere that you find podcasts but you got to search a little bit for it because it's not you know one of the top ones so it doesn't pop up right away probably and then on youtube if you search emily lopez anything with realtor or real estate in there it will come up i don't have a slash that's anything helpful i don't think i um, like a handle on it um and there's a million emily lopez's on um youtube so you got emily lopez something with real estate and that will come up and i'm pretty active on youtube at least in the last year or so
0: awesome well i hope everybody goes follow subscribes rate reviews your podcast everything um and thank you so much emily for coming on today i'm so excited to get this one out
1: thank you for having me i appreciate you taking the time and putting this all together because i know it takes a lot
0: oh yeah no problem at all